This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh, and I am I'm happy to be recording on a Sunday afternoon. Brandon, how are you? I'm great. It's sunny outside here in Brooklyn. And uh, before we get started, I want to send a quick thank you out to Kevin Zatlukal on Twitter and his daughter, who gave me probably the team name that has given me the best luck so far this season, Fuchs Roda. I didn't know what this meant at first, but apparently it's a Skyrim reference. But I wanted to send my thank you to Kevin's daughter for the fantastic team name. What's even better, Josh, is we have another special guest this week. We are joined by the FPL general, Mark McGettigan, joining us all the way from Glasgow, Scotland. Mark, welcome to Always Cheating. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Big fan of the podcast, so it's nice to join you guys for some FPL chat. We're happy to have you on. Uh, we've been, I feel like we've been talking back and forth for at least a year, um, I, you know, maybe 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 closer to two years now. Uh, we've probably been talking about having you on for about two years as well, which is, that's, that's usually the, uh, the turnaround time is uh, we start talking about having, uh, you know, someone that we're friendly with on the podcast, and then about 24 to 48 months later, we finally get around to... Uh, we we on, started so. talking with Mark back when he was FPL second lieutenant, and uh, here we are <laughs> years later with FPL general. It's amazing. Uh, so, Mark, uh, before we get started, why don't you just give us a quick rundown of how your season is going? And, I mean, do you agree with us this has been one of the craziest FPL seasons in, in modern memory? Yeah, this season has been a little bit bonkers um, for a lot of reasons, but... I've managed to, to navigate it pretty well so far. Uh, things are going very well for me. Um, I'm looking at possibly heading towards the top 500 tonight when things update. So looking at possibly a, a third a third top 500 finish in the, in the last four years. So that'll be pretty soon. That's amazing. I can probably retire yeah. if I can just get that top 500 <laughs> this year. What is your secret, Mark? I mean, that that sort of consistency is so elusive for... A lot of hardcore managers, I mean, we're going to spend a whole episode devoted to strategy, as we do every week, but is there one thing that sticks out in your mind as something that managers 
don't get right season by season? And or, or, or something that you focus on in particular that that you think really uh, differentiates you? I think I think um, what's what's worked for me over the last couple of seasons is is minimizing transfers, so avoiding points hits as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know in in my two seasons where I finished in the top five hundred, I only made around thirty eight transfers overall, and I think I'm on thirty five this season as well. Um, wow. So I only took my third point set for game week 35 of the season. So avoiding transfers has worked for me. Um, so whenever I'm making transfers, I always try to... I don't want. I don't like bringing in a player who I think I might get rid of shortly afterwards. It's, just, it's all about minimizing transfers for me. And I think patience is number one. If, 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 you've, if you can, if you can yeah. get, get patience right, it goes a long way. So do you worry about price? I mean, are you, are you really price-rise focused? Is that something you think about at the beginning of the season? Are you, is that something that, that, you know, like Brandon I know is very price conscious and trying to, you know, make transfers before price rises come, things like that? That's certainly something that's evolved for me over the seasons where, you know, many seasons ago, I'd find myself getting burned or I felt I got burned at the end of the season by having a lower team value. So that's something I've been trying to correct. Now, I think you can overcorrect for playing the the team value game. But I don't know. What do you think, Mark? Team value is something I never really worry too much about. I mean, I do I do look at the, the, the price change websites um, probably more so earlier in the season. But I'm always willing to, to take a price drop, um, say, on a, on a Tuesday or Wednesday just to wait until Friday. Um, I much rather have lose uh, a bit of team value to know that to get all the information that I can before making my, my transfers. So, yeah, I, again, I probably do look at it more so earlier in the season, but I never really let it um, force me into a move unless it was a, a case where I have exactly enough cash. And if I don't make the move, maybe on a Tuesday or Wednesday, I might not be able to do it then. But I'll weigh, I'll weigh it up to make sure that the, the risks are low with that, that the players are, are more than likely going to play. So, yeah, I don't worry too much about team value. Just for context, looks like your team value right now is 104.2 million. So uh, just for everybody listening out there, it's, I feel like that's a pretty um, slightly above average value for hardcore managers. I mean, if you're sitting 727 right now before the game is updated, that's, um, that's uh-huh. interesting. Yeah, I mean, another thing is I know a lot of people when they when they try to beat the price rises they're thinking long term that maybe down the line you know I might be a couple of couple of bob short for a transfer but the way I look at it is I just whatever cash I have I just make I just work with it um I'm confident in making you know good decisions whether you know if I have to go for a lesser player say for someone like Sani or something if I was priced out of him um I'm I'm happy just to go with a player then with whatever cash I have you know I don't I, I just don't worry too much about it yeah, I, I I tend to play the same way. I I feel pretty similar. I think, um, uh, especially waiting until the end of the week. Um, most importantly, I mean, I think it actually kind of leads us really nicely into game week thirty five, which is um, a lot of managers. Okay, so a lot of managers were on free hit chips. It, it wasn't as comprehensive as you might think if you're on Twitter a lot, as the three of us are. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's I think overall it was a very small percentage of managers actually were on free hit chips, but. Um, if you weren't and you um, and you brought in um, uh, Aubameyang early this week, uh, you're really screwed because on a press conference, I think it was on Thursday, um, Wenger announced that he was playing something of a trial team uh, for the Europa League uh, match. Um, 
I think uh, some of us could argue with uh, why he decided to do that and not do that against Newcastle, um, because now Mohamed Elneny is injured, and um, I think that was the collective annoyance of everyone who has Aubameyang. Um, somehow, like, well, they, had, they willing, just hadn't been really bad <laughs> karma on that team. Yeah, and plus they hadn't been playing great football in the league up to this point. So I do, I do feel for Wenger. Like I feel like he had to play a stronger side just to get some momentum going. Yeah, that wasn't really a question. Sorry. <laughs> I think that's a good example um, of where patience pays off because I recorded uh, my own podcast last Monday, um, and I said on the podcast I'm going to get um, Aubameyang, and then. Obviously, the news came later in the week that it was more likely that Lacazette was going to play. So I got Lacazette instead, and he and he got me thirteen points. So just shows you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your podcast, which is great, the fifty ninth minute pod, and I guess we should say find find Mark at uh, on Twitter at FPL General. But we we had the same thing with always cheating, where we like to give people a lot of information at the very start of the week and kind of leave it up to the listener to. Um, read all the clues from the news and the press conference throughout the week to then adjust on the fly. Yeah, that was the Lacazette thing was really frustrating for me as someone who I, I thought that I had been doing pretty good long term planning by having a bombing in my squad and um, for him not to not to play. You know, I, I know he got an assist, you know, four points late on, but um, for him to get four and then for everyone who free hit chipped, effectively everyone who free hit chipped to get 13 points from Lacazette. Um, was uh, kind of annoying. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, oh, well. Um, so actually, there was a question about the pre-hit chip, and um, I don't even know if it's really a question or more like a, um, a rant about it. So I guess we're starting the rants of the week early. But Daniel B. says, uh, the perils of the pre-hit chip. He says, I played mine this week, and it, uh, just today had massive repercussions on my squad. Because I'm locked in, I got shafted in the price changes while I'm all in. Um, Mara's son and Lukaku all dropped, which scuppers my plans of getting rid of all them to bring in Kane before game week 37. Um, I haven't seen anyone talk about this downside to the free hit chip yet. So Brandon, as the, as the only one of the three of us on the free hit chip this week, um, did it, did it affect you at all? Like, is it, is it, did it hurt your team value a little bit? Yeah, it's definitely hitting my team value with guys like, uh, Lukaku dropping Marcus Alonso and then, um, Jesus, who I don't have, but I brought into my free hit. He's going up in value. Somebody who looks like a great bet for the run-in. Um, it has, but uh, I said this phrase last week in that the die is cast. I do feel that at this point in the season, your team value is what it is, and, and I feel like the margins are going to be finer or or not finer or less fine. So I'm not yeah. sweating it too much. I feel like the overall gain that I had from being able to play the free hit this week um, and very fortunate uh, I, uh, to get five goals today between Lacazette, Sterling, De Bruyne, and Jesus. Um, and these are all players that I wouldn't have had. Maybe I would actually have Sterling if I wasn't on the free hit. But that's a big boost to me. So I'm seeing the upside for free hit right now. I'm feeling good about it. Looks like we're going to finish on 66 points for the week. Uh, well, you, and you still have Coleman to play, right, tomorrow? Yeah, actually, yeah, that's right. So with Coleman to play, um, I ended up – so uh, I, was, I was talking about going heavier on Liverpool defense last week, and I kind of scaled that back, opted to go Jack Butland in goal. And that was a huge save for him in extra time to end up getting an extra uh, point for six saves – then put them that put him into the bonus. So five points on Butland versus uh, one, which I would have gotten for Car- was did Carius finish on finish on one or 
or two. I'm not sure. One or I mean, he didn't have that many saves. Maybe, maybe yeah, two. They, yeah. The, he he looked pretty shaky um, against West Brom. Um, so I, I mean, unless you had Hennessy, I, I don't really see how it could have worked out much better than Jack Butland. But uh, Van Dyke for his goal threat, I went with, and he ends up with one point. Of course, uh, Hector Bellerin looked um, quite bad in the Arsenal lineup today. Uh, so hopefully Coleman can come through as my one defender with attacking points. Uh, just to round out my free hit squad, I doubled down on Crystal Palace in the midfield. Uh, Milivojevic, that was actually um, secretly just to cover your team, Josh, as we're mm-hmm. locked in Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. Wilfred Zaha, one of the more disappointing performances in, in recent months. Uh, we definitely saw penalty dive merchant Zaha. He got the yellow card for the wrong dive, I think. he That was probably a penalty in which he received a yellow card, and then he dived probably the play earlier. Um, but that was that was really the one weak point in my free hit squad was Zaha. Then Lacazette and Jesus up front, uh, and uh, Salah captained De Bruyne and Sterling filling out the midfield. Uh, yeah, not and I, I was on, I'm on 51 points right now. I still have Baines and Walcott to play tomorrow. Um, I can't believe I still have Walcott in my team, but there you go. Um, I, I free hit Chip in 34, which is one reason why Walcott is still still in that squad. So, 51. do you have any hope? Any hope for Walcott? I mean, they're they're at home. How could I? I mean, based on what he's done the last uh, right uh, the last ten weeks or thereabouts. Um, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll, I I will be certainly watching tomorrow's match, but. Uh, you know, Walcott hasn't had double-figure returns since game week 25, so uh, it seems unlikely that I'm going to get anything out of him. Um, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm feeling a little done with this season right now. Um, so 51 points uh, could be worse. Two more to play tomorrow. I got zero points from Fernandez today. One from Mustafi. Uh, Bamiyan comes on and gets four. Really, it's 51 seems fine in the context. I'm, I'm certainly going to be in a green arrow. I would expect, but. Um, but given how well a lot of the free hit chip managers did, I'm feeling like uh, I feel like I have a kind of a mediocre score this game week. Um, so, um, but we'll see. Maybe tomorrow I'll get you know two goals from two penalty goals from Gant Baines, um, both one on Theo Walcott, um, you know penalties in the box, um, and you guys will all be um, looking <laughs> at my team with envy. You know, so it's anything's possible, right? Perhaps for the rest of the season, maybe you're feeling better about how Arsenal looked pre-Aubameyang coming onto the field, like how regrettable Arsenal looked without Aubameyang in that lineup. So he, I'm, there can't I'm considering, be any... I might drop Aubameyang. Really? I okay. Mean, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get into this in a minute, but I mean, Aubameyang for Kane in Game Week 36 is a move that um, I'm definitely considering. Yeah. So 51, uh, it seems it seems okay, but I mean, you know, uh, compared to uh, our our co-host this week, um, it feels uh, feels a little low. So Mark, how is how is your week doing? Going? I think, say. Yeah, things things are going really well for me this week. So. I came into the game week 35 without a free hit chip because I played it in, in game week 22. So initially I was probably a little bit worried about this week going up against all those who had their free chip in play. But I've, I've managed to come through it pretty well. I'm looking at 72 points, um, which is going to send me probably into the top 500 tonight, as I said. So the likes of uh, Hennessy was a big one for me, 10 points. Tarkowski got me an assist as well. Um Arnautovic, Sterling, Jesus. The I, I took I took my first minus eight of the season uh, this week, um, and the four players I brought in were Sterling, Jesus, Lacazette, and Lascelles, who's playing tomorrow. So I'm hoping four out of four can can give me returns. So the the three guys today have done the business. So 
yeah, it's been a been a really really good game week for me. Um, just coming mm. at the right time of the season as well. Um, yeah, the uh, the Lacazette move that that that's that's a bold move because do you feel like you've got it was like is Lacazette a one week move for you? Do you think you might move to Kane in game week thirty six or is he yeah. going to? Hokey Yeah, it's it's hokey cokey for me. So when when I was making those four transfers on on Friday night, um, I left I left cash in the bank. So I'm, what I'm going to do is Lacazette to Kane, just a straight swap this week for game week thirty six, um, and then mm-hmm. uh, Harry Kane's going to be my more than likely going to be my triple captain in thirty seven. Then, mm-hmm. yep, that's I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking the same. Thinking the same way right now. Um, I I may I may actually burn. I, I could do Lacazette to Kane without burning points, but um, I think Salah may go too because I, I just I'll wait, of course, until the Anfield Express. Uh, uh, you know, three weeks in a row they've been spot on. Yeah, so that, that, that's intense. God bless those guys. But uh, I think Sane is now. Sane is an interesting option now. I think now that he's been he got a full rest. Although uh, you could argue that Bernardo Silva played well enough that um, Sane may have to to fight to get back into that squad. Um, what do you guys think about that? I was a little surprised that Sonny didn't play at all today. Yeah, I don't know that he'll Sonny would have to fight, but um, I think everyone gets a share in the spoils. Sonny certainly had a great season, um, you know, just a few minor lulls in form, but he's been great. So I, I see no reason why Bernardo Silva would um, uh, block him out of the lineup. Yeah, there's yeah. There's, now, what do you think, Mark? There's just so many options for Pep now that the season's that the league's won he can play the young guys we've even seen uh, Yaya Toure make an appearance today so I think with I think Sani because he got a full rest now I think he's probably is he does remain a good option but it's it's the same with all the city players I think you just got to go for which one whichever one you prefer and just just be prepared for the rotation because it will happen. It can happen to any of them. So you just got to embrace it. I do wonder the way the substitutions went today for Man City. I do wonder if this was Pep's um, sort of celebratory substitution process. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne comes off relatively earlier uh, in the 65th minute. And and then you bring in the young and the old with Yaya Torre and Foden and Mendy. Um, by the way, I was in tears at the end of this game when all the fans stormed the pitch and uh, they were all crowding around Benjamin Mendy. And mm. he had this this look of of pure joy. And, and not that he doesn't always have that look on his face, but... Uh, it was, it was pretty amazing, rousing for me. You and yeah. I have been to so many funerals together, and I've never <laughs> seen you in tears. And yeah. now, now one one Mendy injury, and uh, it's, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I mean, beyond just being a sports fan, I really don't have much skin in the Manchester City game, so I don't know why I was actually, actually uh, shedding tears. Maybe, but maybe I, it was I, just dusty in the room. You it know, could it be. Just, yeah, you need to dust more. I'm allergic to my cat. But I don't <laughs> – I. I, I feel like um, going forward, we'll probably see more standard operating procedure with Pep's substitutions and lineups. That's just a guess. There was something more. Uh, this was the party match. And I feel like the rest of the season might be more uh, an homage to the team that actually won the title. The, the party's over. The party is your... over. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's uh, no no obviously cheating Super League update right now. Let's uh, rant of the week. Uh, we just have one. Uh, I'm amazed that we don't have more rants because I know how badly some people did on their free hit chips, and I was expecting some some real quality rants. 
Uh, but you guys are just going to have to share those with us on Twitter. Uh, Roger Kendrick says, why do we do it to ourselves? I mean, what's the point of FPL in the grand scheme of things? Uh, throwing that one to you, Mark. Yeah, why do we do it? I, I ask myself that question most weekends. Um, <laughs> last weekend in mm-hmm. particular, um, I think it was last weekend where West Brom beat Man U 1-0. So I went into that game with uh, De Gea and Lukaku. And I watched ninety minutes, uh, ninety minutes of my life that I'll never get back. And then, then I did it again <laughs> with I think it was Sun uh, for the Spurs game, um, yeah. and then we got an assist. Mm-hmm. But it, it, so much, and obviously I'm a big, a big Premier League fan, a big football fan. But so many of the games are just painful to watch if you watch all of them. Um, and what I did this weekend was I just watched Liverpool yep. and I just forgot about the rest and it seems to have worked. So I've, I've done well. So I think I'm just going to do that from now on, just avoid the avoid watching the yeah. games. I think I watch, I think that's actually a pretty good approach. I think I'm actually watching a little too much myself or just painted tracking it too much at least. I, I was actually at, um, I started, my, my daughter had her first soccer. It's not really soccer practice when you're 18 months old. She basically runs around a field screaming and, and not actually kicking the ball, but picking it up and throwing it, despite everyone yelling at her to kick the sure, ball. Sure, a, f- a future, uh, uh, future long throw-in taker? Yeah, a rugby player, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> um, but she, um, yeah, softball, maybe. Um, but uh, as as this was happening, I, I looked down to the, you know, opened up my phone real quick and, and saw that Lacazette had scored a second goal. And it was it was like... It was like it was like getting like a shivved, you know, like it was like it was like it like almost like physically knocked me back. You know, I could deal with one goal, but two and three bonus points is just a killer. And yeah. I was like, no, you must pull yourself together. You cannot like you cannot think about this right now. You have to they like, can't just, see me cry. Not at this children's <laughs> soccer practice. It's just like you had you have to like you this can't like it can't. You know, you have just had to be very careful with how much you let it yeah. matter. You know, no, it's like you, sure. you, it's like you have to dig deep and like. And be an adult and, like, not let this stuff yeah. spill over into your regular life. And, and the fact that I'm even saying this is is amazing because the people who don't care about this stuff would think that I am the biggest, like, like that I have, like, mental problems, basically. <laughs> but because because you're, you guys are on this podcast and because people are listening to this podcast understand what I'm talking about, yeah. uh, it is, uh, you know, it's just like we, we yeah. get so invested in this. And you know, everybody, everybody's got their own thing, you know. I mean, whether it's, like, collecting, you know, I don't even know, collecting stamps does do people still do that sure <laughs> i'm more of Coins? a uh, <laughs> you've got you you got your you've got your your um you got your coin collection branded oh yeah i mean i, I <laughs> <laughs> well you do you have the you have the quarters still right yeah i i could tell you my story about the uh, drummer boy bicentennial u.s quarter and how well, tell uh, it now <laughs> why not as we're getting near the end of the season it's a short story <laughs> yeah so my grandmother, my dear sweet grandmother, she used to collect these quarters that had old drummer boy on the back to celebrate the United States bicentennial. I think it was 1976 they put these quarters out. They sure. pumped millions of these quarters into the economy. So they were not rare. But anytime you'd be out with grandma, she'd get the change back from the waiter and she'd check for drummer boy quarters. One day she presents $10 worth of drummer boy quarters to me, $10 to my brother. And uh, flash forward six months or so, my friends are like, let's go to the video game arcade. And I didn't have any money. But then a light bulb went off. And uh, I went and I grabbed grandma's $10 worth of drummer boy quarters. I don't know if you remember this game in uh, this uh, big console game, or this big arcade game, Killer Instinct. This is this fighting game. Mm-mm. 
Well, it was very difficult, let me tell you. And I must have blown through these $10 of, not that they had any great value in the economy, but they had value to the family. And they all went into this um, plywood box of a video game. Uh, So I've devoted the rest of my life, and I think it's like, um, you know, at least two decades on, and I've managed to actually resave about $25 worth of drummer board quarters. So there you go. I I have now bought, again, my ticket back into the afterlife to to see (laughs) see dear old grandma. Grandma can be happy now. Mark, do you have anything to say about that? <laughs> Sorry, that was so that was so random. Uh, I enjoy. I, I love hearing that story, though. It's very it's very sentimental. <laughs> nice story. Let's take a quick break, and we're going to get right into our game week thirty six preview. Same old podcast, always cheating. All right, we're back, and it's time to preview game week thirty six. Josh and Mark, uh, we talked about game week thirty three as the forgotten game week. Game Week 36, I think, is the Forgotten Game Week Part 2. We have a lot of questions from our listeners about the double. I mean, it's going to be very intoxicating, very exciting in Game Week 37. But before we get there, um, we've got a, a stacked lineup. No no blanks, no doubles, just a regular old Game Week in 36. Starting off again with an early Liverpool home match. So the Sala captaincy on the early kickoff on Saturday still looms. And the question I think we'll talk about is is who we captain and will Salah play. So for anyone who isn't listening to, uh, who isn't an, an active person on Twitter or just following this, um, maybe your only real connection to FPL right now is just listening to the podcast. If so, uh, there is a Twitter feed called uh, the Anfield Express or at Anfield Express, something like that. Um, and they have been um, posting the lineups for Liverpool uh, a day in advance. Um, and it has been uh, unfailingly accurate so far to the point where it's pretty clear they have some kind of contact um, within the squad. And they, in fact, said today that they were not going to release um, the lineup for the uh, Champions League semifinal because that match is too important. Uh, so, um, which is true. That's, that's They actually did write that. So, um until the Enfield Express posts uh, the lineup for Saturday, uh, I, I wouldn't dare. I, I wouldn't dare drop uh, Salah, nor would I. Um, nor would I captain him until I find out what's happening in that match. Yeah, how are you feeling on Salah right now, Mark? You still have him? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've kept him right, right through. Yeah, um, again, it's going to be all eyes on Anfield Express again, which has been great, but. Surely, surely Liverpool are going to be taking steps to try and get those guys to stop doing what they're doing because, I mean, it's obviously helpful to the opposition to know who's going to play. Yeah. But hopefully they don't get found out yet because it's been it's been pretty key in my transfers for the last couple of weeks because Likewise. If, I, if I didn't see that news on Friday night, I probably would have kept Firmino. Um, mm-hmm. So having that news, I got rid of Firmino and brought in... Um, uh, Jesus and Lacazette then so it's been great um, Salah again depends what's ha- what what happens with with the leaked lineup if if it comes out that he's going to be rested um, I may I may look to move him on um, but again I haven't really given it much thought yet yeah if he is rested I, I think I, w- I would almost definitely move him on um, and I, w- I would move him on for a third Man City player Um and, you know, as, as we talked about earlier in the podcast, you know, we don't know who's going to start any of these Man City games. But, you know, having three players just helps you spread the risk around because I, I really think they're just going to run. They're just going to, you know, score, a, a, you know, 
four or five goals in practically every game throughout the rest of the season. I mean, they, they have the run in is the stuff of legend. Um, I mean, it's a shame that they're not actually like still competing for the league because uh, they play West Ham and then game week 37, they have Huddersfield and Brighton at home. Uh, and then game week 38, they have Southampton away. If you're not tripled up on Man City going into game week 37, I think you really are going to be in some trouble. Um, I, I'm not sure that you necessarily want to captain someone from, yeah. from Man City um, in 37 because there is that risk that one of them just doesn't get any pitch time at all. Um, but I do think that um, I would love to have a third Man City player before this West Ham game. And as we saw today, I mean, West Ham just, they can't stop. You know, I mean, it's conceding four goals. And what, three of those were in the last 15 minutes of the match? I have a false sense of security right now because on my free hit, I have Sterling, KDB, and Jesus. I look at my my non-free hit squad coming in for me in 36, zero Man City players. So, mm, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm a little uneasy having this conversation because I do agree. I feel like, uh, I mean, Sterling coming off early is interesting. I feel like he's going to be a really crucial FPL asset going forward. And, uh, yeah, I, I, there are goals to come, as you say, Josh. Mark, what do you think about all this? I mean, what do you think about City and, and sort of, coverage and you know are you planning to have you know three city players going into gaming 37 yeah I, I agree with what you're saying i think you need to have three of them the way they're playing um, and it, it has to be three attackers in my opinion and um, so i've mm-hmm. got i brought in sterling and jesus this week um and i'm probably 437 then i'll probably get, get a third uh, city or a second city midfielder um i don't know who it'll be more than likely maybe david silva um, mm-hmm. It'll probably be the easiest one to afford, but definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think if you don't if you don't have triple city for that for thirty seven, you need to ask yourself a couple of questions. Yeah, Brandon, if I were you, I'd start burning a lot of points <laughs> starting starting in game week thirty six, maybe twelve. Uh, and, and no, our head to head has nothing to do with that. I, no. But if you want to burn twenty to thirty two points, that's just looking that's out for no my well being. Exactly. exactly. I mean, that might be the best. Actually, the best thing for me to do. I, I'm seriously considering a minus eight going into thirty six. As uh, I, I don't know how you guys feel about this, so. Um, double game weeks, obviously, it's the reason why we play FPL, huge point hauls. We want to break the century mark. It's like a psychological thing. I want to burn all my points in game week 36, so I have like a clean bill going into 37, so that whatever my t- tally is in 37, it's unsullied by uh, by hit points. So that that's kind of how I'm feeling going into 36, is that I'm just going to basically get my accounts in order for 37. All right, here's here's a question that I have for you guys. Uh, I have not – I still have two uh, pretty major chips left. I have a triple captain and a bench boost left to go. Um, I am really debating when to use those two chips. And I have um, – so, um, Mark, uh, there's a personal head-to-head league that we have. I mean, Brendan and I have one, but we also have one just for our, our personal mini league. Uh-huh. And the playoffs start in game week 36 for that league. And so Brendan and I both qualify for the playoffs for that. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering if I might be better off using my chip in game week 38 or 36, um, maybe even the triple captain chip, uh, and then using the bench boost in 37, um, just because my concern about using the chip in game week 38 is it feels like in my experience, the players in game week 38 who go off don't tend to be the players you expect. It's always like Theo Walcott going for like a hat trick or something. Yeah, Giroux. Like, Giroux. Somehow yeah. it's always Arsenal players. <laughs> it's always or Arsenal Lukaku players. at West Brom. We'll remember that one. 
So, I mean, what do you think about, uh, like, I mean, you know, if you had Bench Boost or, I guess starting with Gaming 37, if you had a Bench Boost or and a Triple Captain available, which one would you prefer to use? I, th- I think probably what I would do is I would probably Bench Boost in the double Game Week, I think, and then use your, your Triple mm-hmm. in a single. But it's just yeah. a question back at you. If you were going to use your Triple Captain in 36, who would it be? Well, I, I would use it on Kane, I think, um, at home to Watford. Yeah. Um, I just think that he is, uh, I think he's the, I mean, you could argue one of the city players at West Ham, maybe Raheem Sterling at West Ham. Uh, Sterling to me seems like a very ner- scary player to put a triple captain chip on. Um, you know, Man United play Arsenal, so I, I don't see any real, you know, I mean, honestly, I think it would have to be Kane, I mean, possibly Christian Eriksen if you wanted to be a little safer, just given um, Eriksen's form. Um, if, if Salah. If, if Mo Salah. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. If Salah starts, then maybe maybe Salah too. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's it's actually four managers who who are going to play a triple captain in a single game week. Thirty six. There seems to be quite a few options there, actually. Yeah, I think so. And um, yeah, I mean, there's there's no dropping Salah if he actually starts. Um, uh, God, talk about weekend ruining experiences, though. God, if I <laughs> <laughs> if I captain Salah, yeah. uh, triple captain Salah, he didn't perform on Saturday morning. I think I'd have to go like go into like a you know a I don't even know, like a nunnery or something, you know. <laughs> a just nunnery? To, they, they wouldn't even have you at the monastery? they just send you to <laughs> hang out with all, all the lovely you know women? What? I couldn't remember the word monastery. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, know what I would love, you know what I'd love to see this weekend? I'd love to see Anfield Express tweet on Friday that Salah's going to start and then he doesn't start. Oh, I know. I'm already I, I'd like... Love to, I'd love to see the chaos on twitter it would be true chaos i would <laughs> yeah thankfully i usually miss that that first fixture of chaos because um i'm still sleeping because the the team sheets come out at 6 30 a.m on saturday for the first match uh so usually i i, I try to roll out of bed right around 7 50 kind of depends on when the baby wakes up um but you know around 7 15 or so kind of get up get the cup of coffee and then i'm and then i'm right into the first match Guys, let's keep the triple captaincy conversation going, and let's go back to Harry Kane. We have a question from Auntie Granlund who asked, to Kane or not to Kane? If yes, is there a reason not to triple captain him in Game Week 37? So I think what Auntie's hitting on here is Kane is he's back, he's healthy, but he has not looked great. He has not looked like the um, multiple goal-scoring wonder that we've seen in seasons past, particularly at the end of the season. Um... I personally feel like he is crucial for 37, regardless of what we've seen the last month or so. Um, I don't know, Mark, are you, you're you're talking about bringing Kane in in place of Lacazette and your hokey cokey. Is he essential in your mind, despite the the eye test? Yeah, 100. percent I mean, with Kane, I know we, especially when he comes back from injury, he tends to be a little bit slow to get going, but. I think by the time game week 37 comes around, he should be a lot sharper. Um, and I think just the fixtures, West Brom and Newcastle, you don't you don't get any better than that. Two, two teams who don't really have anything to play for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Harry Kane, he's, he's one of the few players that form doesn't really matter with him for me. Um, if Kane blanked five games in a row, um, I would still give him triple captaincy in 37 just because he's Harry Kane and we know what he can do. Sure, yeah. that's burned a lot of managers this season. I know many times I went with Kane over Salah midway through the season just based on that that point. And I would keep doing it because I totally agree, Mark. Like He is always capable of putting on a show. Yeah, and I mean, if if you triple captain him and he doesn't do anything, it's, it's just unlucky, you know, because... It is it, with Kane especially. It's it's pretty hard to 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 
hit him at the right time. But yeah. if you can hit him at the right time, he can you know he can be a huge difference in your end of season rank. Yeah. All right. So I think we've we we answered some questions that we got from Studio Geek and and um, Wagai. Juan uh, Aguiotos, um, a couple wild card questions here. One is from Richie, who's been a, um, as a, actually another Patreon supporter. By the way, Mark, we didn't talk about this at the very top of the podcast, but you are actually uh, leading the Patreon supporters league right now. Um, and if you had won, <laughs> if you win, you are actually invited on the podcast. The winner is invited on the podcast. So we are we are oh, prematurely nice. announced. Yeah, <laughs> we are pre- prematurely giving you that prize. <laughs> yeah, well, let's 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 have you on for a uh, for a you know a season preview next year or something like that. Um, well, Mark, I mean, to be fair, um, Cartoba FC Fahad Altakara, I know you're listening out there. You only have a 16 point leader thereabouts, Mark. So yeah, don't that's, stuff. That's not, yeah. There's no guard of honor happening for you just yet. Not saying it's done and dusted. I'm just saying <laughs> it would it would it would make things easier for us. <laughs> from planning perspective, so go ahead and win, Mark, and uh, and start everyone in second through fifth. <laughs> that's my um, that's my new season season goal, uh, just to stay number one in the in this Patreon league. There we go. know it's we know it's the most important league for for you and, and for everybody else. Um, nothing else really matters. Um, there is, uh, but by the way, if you want to support the podcast, um, and I hate to do this right in the middle of the episode, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, visit Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating. Uh, and Brian and I came up with an awesome uh, game that we're going to do, exclusive for our Patreon supporters for the World Cup. So we're going to reveal more information about that um, when we get closer to uh, the World Cup. So anyway, back to the questions. Uh, Richie, uh, who's also a Patreon supporter, says, uh, "I'm wild carding this week, guys." Any suggestions uh, on five or six must-haves uh, for the final three weeks of the season? So um, let's – maybe if we could just identify um, – well, yeah, I mean, just I'll throw that out to you guys. I mean, who are, who are five or six must-haves for, um, for the final three weeks? Yeah, well, well as mentioned, Harry Kane and um, City Attack for sure. Um, I'm torn between Jesus and Sterling, so maybe we say both, but I do – Air on the side of Raheem Sterling. I think that he's going to continue to score. Just the position he he continues to play for City. He's always basically tapping in goals from three yards out. Yeah, right. I think they they're the first three names that come to mind with me as well. It's Sterling, Jesus, and um, Harry Kane. Um, looking looking past those three, um, Spurs Spurs have good fixtures. So maybe you could throw in a midfielder there as well. Maybe maybe Christian Eriksen. I've got yep. I've got Son, um, who I'm probably just going to hold on to now for the rest of the season. Hope he gets plenty of game time. Um, yeah, but I Ericsson mean the same might be a safer, there, Mark, yeah. safer choice if, if yeah. you don't already have a Spurs midfielder. What about Vertonghen? Um, Are, uh, Spurs have been unable to keep a clean sheet, yet their reputation as a more stalwart defense sort of persists. Uh, are are either of you looking at buying into the Spurs defense with that double and thirty seven in mind? Mark, go ahead. I, I the answer for me is no. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, no, I, I'm not really interested in Spurs defense. Um, and Vertonghen in particular as well. He's a player I've never owned. I'm pretty sure I've never owned him in FPL. I just don't like him because he he offers very little goal threat. Yeah. Um, yes. I like my I like my defenders, especially if they're a centre back to to get me a couple of goals and, and Vertonghen just is pretty unlikely to do that obviously now he's going to go and score a couple of goals between now and the end of the season after me saying Naturally. that but yeah. the, obviously the fullbacks are a, a no-go area really with rotation um, and Sanchez again is a player who doesn't really offer anything 
going to uh, go through it. And Alder, uh, Toby Alderweireld, I don't know what's going on with him. It's probably contract things going on in the background. So, but he could yeah. come back in as well. I, I agree, and there's just yeah, just too much fullback rotation to, to trust them. And obviously, Hugo Lloris is just making you know mistake after I, I we talked about this in last week's podcast so we don't need to reiterate it but you know he's just been making a, a ton of mistakes and it, it's he's got like joe hart syndrome right now where it's like his confidence is shot i think and he needs to like he might have to go play in italy for a year or something to like <laughs> to get his to get his confidence back up although he, yeah. although uh, michelle vorm didn't uh didn't uh you know do himself any any good yesterday with his with his goalkeeping yeah well um speaking of defense chris smalling uh, he continues to be named to that starting 11 for Manchester United, continues to be a crazy goal threat. Are we willing to take the plunge on Chris Smalling? I, Josh and I are both De Gea owners, and I'd say De Gea is the first choice for me on a wild card for goalkeeper um, for the rest of the season. United have have uh, pretty good fixtures apart from that um, Arsenal match in game week 36, but um, I think you would want to favor Manchester United there, given that Arsenal will be between Europa fixtures. But Chris Smalling, anyone? Any takers still? Or or did we do we feel like we missed the hall? Yeah, it's probably it probably feels like chasing points now if you, if you go yeah, for Smalling. Right. I, I do still I do still think that he could lose his place. Uh, obviously, Mourinho seems to be he seems to be Mourinho's go to man for a centre back. But I would still feel pretty uncomfortable bringing him in. I just know if I brought him in, then he would get dropped. So I've got De Gea as well, and I think he's another name to throw in to the to must-haves that we listed. I think De Gea is a must-have for the rest of the season as well. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, we haven't really talked about defenders at all. I mean, just looking looking at, to the, at the final three weeks of the season, I mean, you know, Man United, okay, I mean, they play Arsenal in game week 36, but as, as Brandon just said, you know, it's probably going to be another one of those under-23 squads where, you know, just <laughs> yeah. a bunch of, you know, a bunch of kind of, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? You know, just sort of, you know, some of the younger players are going are gonna to get a little bit of a run out in that game, and just it just, just doesn't matter that much. And um, you know, uh, I think uh, I think Man United could definitely keep a clean sheet in that match. Um, I mean, Simi- what about? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say similar issue with Man City because they um, Pep has so many options now for central defense with Laporte and company and Odomendi and. I mean, is John Stones going to see the pitch again before the end of the season? Um, but I, I hate to keep coming back to Burnley, but Burnley have an away match at the Emirates in 37, but on either side, it's home Brighton, home Bournemouth in game week 38. And Burnley are really going to finish strong. I believe that. I mean, uh, you know, whether they're chasing Europe or they're just um, a team that, that, is is good to play for pride. I I, I feel like I want a Burnley defender still heading into uh, the rest of the season. That Brighton game concerns me just a little bit. I know that Brighton is still a little worried about whether they're going to stay up or not, and I, I wonder if Brighton maybe even comes away with comes away with a win in that game. It's just it's just such a big match for Brighton. It is big, but I mean, is is Brighton good? <laughs> Can Brighton score? I mean, yeah, sure, Glenn Murray has has been prolific in in spurts this season, but I I'm I hear what you're saying, Josh. Like Brighton, Brighton do need a win, but are they good enough to score at Turf Moor? I um, I think for the value that you get for say a four point four Loughton at Burnley. It's worth a. It's worth the risk that Brighton won't score because they're Brighton. 
So just looking ahead then at the final three weeks of the season, and this is a question uh, I'll I'll ask you first, Mark. I mean, just you know, looking at 36, 37, and 38, it, looking at them as a whole, where is the value? I mean, maybe it's just in cheap defenders, but like where is the where is the value in the defender realm? Like, is there is there a place you'd be looking that just that I don't know. I mean, like you got to fill out your squad with somebody, you know. So who would you who are you looking at? Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's it's actually something I haven't really looked at either. But it's something I'm going to have to look at soon because I'm going to want one or two defenders, um, cheap defenders for the double game week. Um, and I I brought in I brought in Lascelles this week. Um, I was mm-hmm. going to hold off and get him. Uh, next week, but I just he had a good fixture. Uh, I think they can. There's possibility that they'll get a clean sheet tomorrow night against Everton. So uh, yeah. with that transfer in particular as well, I was the, the, I was looking for a cheap defender that had a double game week. Um, obviously, a player who played in 35 and had a double game week 37 as well. And Newcastle was the team I went to. Um, and the obvious pick would have been Dummett uh, 4.2 because he's really cheap and he saves funds. Um, I was looking at Yedlin and uh, Dummett, but. The more I looked at it, I just thought the Yedlin, yes, offers a little bit going forward, but Dummett has zero goals, zero assists, zero bonus points this season. So I was just happy to pay the little bit extra for Lascelles, who I think has three goals. Um, again, going back to yeah. wanting my defenders to give me some kind of goal threat. So I'm hoping Lascelles yeah, can do you, something for me. You didn't want Newcastle's young Vertonghen, basically? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, apart from that, I'm kind of scraping the barrel here, trying to look for, for cheap defenders um, for the double game week. The, yeah. the problem is, so many teams now, I'm, I'm just going to avoid the teams who, who are, you know, as so it kind of limits. Um, and then again, a lot of the lesser teams have, have quite a tough double game week as well, so there's probably not going to be very many clean sheets for the cheaper players. Going back going back to the Burnley defenders, so I'm, I'm loaded up on Burnley, I've got triple Burnley. I've got Loughton, Tarkowski and, and Goodmanson yeah. at the minute and I'm definitely just going to hold on to probably two of those. Um, so I might get rid of one of the defenders yeah, um, yeah. but I just like Burnley defenders because there's always a chance that they keep you a clean sheet. It doesn't matter who they're playing um, and they can always come come off the bench and do a job for you. You know, I love Goodmanson for the final three weeks of the season too. Um, he has been know, a part if... of every goal that they've scored the last few weeks since he'd come back from injury. Yeah, he's been a, he's been a hero because it was he was doubtful going in to the, to the blank and... Um, or the double, sorry, and I was actually considering getting rid of him, and he was flagged, but I, I kept faith with him, and it looked like he was probably going to play, and I'm glad I did, because he was a, he was a hero. I think he got 13 points, didn't he, in the double? Um, I'll throw out one more. Um, just, I don't like them in game week 36, but um, Laurent Koscielny, possibly, um, for 37 and 38, I like. Uh, this is all based on Arsenal losing to Atletico Madrid in in the sure. semifinals of the Europa League, and if that happens, um, I think Wenger will go back to playing his strongest side for the final couple weeks of the season, uh, especially now that we know it's his final season. Um, uh, so I think that you know Koscielny just offers a lot of goal threat. He's his price has has gotten pretty low, I think, at this point, just because he's he's been you know in and out of that squad so much. Um, let me see if I can pull it up here. I real think quick. Uh, he is the thing. The, uh, well, he's still six million. Wow, it's more than I was expecting. I'm probably going to I'm probably going <laughs> to avoid Arsenal altogether, more than likely for the next few weeks. But the thing about Koscielny I don't like is, is is that he's in and out of the squad, and that seems to be the the injury. It seems to be like uh, something that affects him after he plays. As far as I know, I think he's got some kind of Achilles issue, um, which which affects him. Ah, all, you I know, it's, it's an ongoing issue. So that would be enough just to put me off him because you're just not guaranteed that he's going to play. Twice in one week. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, I actually didn't realize that. So that's this is why we have you on, Mark. This is uh, <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think there is. Yeah, I think there is something to his injury that it, it's something that affects him kind of on an ongoing basis. 
Hey guys, yeah. last last defense I'll throw out there is Crystal Palace. Uh, home Leicester, away Stoke, home West Brom to finish out the season. Um, James Tompkins looked fantastic against Watford, and he has been on the end of almost every corner kick for Palace the last few weeks. And uh, with Mamadou Sacco back, um, I'm feeling pretty good about that Palace defense. And Josh, you have Wayne Hennessy, so... Um, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's not a bad shout, and I think um, I mean that just the way that we're talking about the players that you really want for the rest of the season. I mean, you know, triple up on Man City attackers, Harry Kane, yeah. possibly a Man United attacker. Um, these are all very expensive players, and in order to do that, you're going to have to look to some cheap defenders, and uh, there may be more value in these single game week defenders and the doubles, and um, that might be just be worth might be worth it. So um, yeah, I think I. I think I agree with you there. Um, so I think that we pretty much answered that. That's that's game week thirty five. I mean, as far as captains go, I mean, I game guess thirty six. Excuse me, game week thirty six. Um, you know, captains. Uh, maybe you know we talked about Kane. I think he's kind of the going away. I mean, Brandon, are you are you thinking about bringing in Kane? And if you don't bring in Kane, who would you look at captaining for thirty six? Yeah, more than likely, I will be burning points to bring in Harry Kane in game week thirty six. I'll be looking to drop Romelu Lukaku from my. Um, double game week squad in game week 34. Um, apart from that, uh, I, I guess Manchester City just uh, taking a taking a flyer on one of those players. But but yeah, Harry Kane runs away with it for me. Yeah, and obviously we don't want to discount Mo Salah. Uh, you know, he's, he's looking to uh, break the all-time mark for, for goals in a Premier League season. Um, it's just that I, I don't know that he'll play in this Stoke match. And I, I honestly, I just can't even conceive of why why he would play. You know, I yeah, just—I mean, assuming right. that the assuming that the the match is at all close after the first leg, um, that just seems like a you know Muhammad Al Nenny sized risk that yeah. um, that he's inviting. Yep. So, yep. Um, all right, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we've got a lightning round of uh, of double game week questions because everybody loves a good double game week question, <laughs> don't they, Brandon? I'm at that point now where I'm uh, for the end of the season. I want to ask you, Josh, are we there yet? <laughs> I know. Yeah, we're just in the back seat of the car right now, just waiting for <laughs> more double game week, mom. Oh. <laughs> All right, we're back in a second. Same old podcast, always shaming. Josh, a quick word about starting eleven, our favorite daily fantasy game for the Premier League, soon to be pivoting toward the World Cup. So uh, stay tuned to Always Cheating, or go to starting one one dot io for. More information on how to download the app for your Android or iOS phone and how you can play Starting 11 during the World Cup. But we are playing Starting 11 now during the Premier League. Josh, you played head-to-head with some of our listeners this weekend. Who did you play in Starting 11? I, well, I played today. I played Gibran Chada, and uh, he, uh, I, ju- I just barely nicked him. I think the late uh, Jesus goal, which was kind of a... Kind of a shrug goal in fantasy. It was nice, but it was like it came after yeah. the missed penalty. Yeah. Um, but it was very valuable for me in in daily fantasy today. So I just I just nicked him. So I'm feeling good about that, Brandon, going into game week 36. As well, you should. And starting 11, it is a forgiving daily fantasy game. Unlike uh, the regular FPL, you can change your lineup as much as you want, doing all the tinkering that you want the day of or days before up until. Um, the actual whistle blow. So when the team sheets yeah. come out, maybe daily uh, the Anfield Express got it wrong. You can switch your um, 
lineup when the team sheet comes out and during I was the say, match. I in fact did it. I did a live transfer today. I uh, once the uh, once the team sheets were announced, Mesadozel out, Aaron Ramsey in. So that worked out very well for me. Interesting stat from Ben Dinnery that Mesut Ozil has now missed six matches this season because of quote illness. Now we are just we are just lay people. Mm-hmm. We we just have day jobs. But Josh, have you? Called out sick uh, six times, even in one one calendar year. Uh, no, but there are coworkers of mine who have, and <laughs> and like any good coworker, I hate that person um, yeah. because that's a it's a. There's nothing worse than someone who just calls in sick all the time. And then they're like, "Well, I just you know, I just I, I didn't want to infect the office. Sure, you know? yeah, I had a cold, so I didn't want to infect the office. <laughs> well, no, even we would have been fine. Even better in starting 11, if Mesut Ozil decides he's sick during a match and he has to be subbed off, you can make a substitution in your starting 11 team in the midst of the match. You get up to three live substitutions every match flight. So, yeah, anytime there are two or more Premier League matches happening, be sure to play starting 11. Josh and I are taking challengers from our listeners. Just download the app for your iPhone or Android phone. Hit us up on a direct message on Twitter, Facebook. Email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com, and we'd love to play you in starting 11. Uh, yeah. We have a prize pack giveaway that we're doing this coming weekend. So we've got shirts and uh, stickers and what else, Brandon? There's a lot of stuff. Oh, that yeah, pack. notebooks, uh, magnets for your refrigerator. So if you you have notes on your, uh, your lineup, put them in your notebook or tear out the page and stick it on your fridge with your starting 11 magnet. It's a pretty cool prize pack. So whoever comes in with the highest score... Uh, for that match flight, we will put that prize back in the mail for you. Anywhere in the world, we'll send it out. Seriously. Cool. So visit, again, visit starting11.io for more information, and we'll see you on Starting 11 today. Section two, it's the lightning round. Uh, we're looking ahead to game weeks uh, 37, uh, particularly looking at the, the double game week 37. I know we've been talking about that a lot already in this podcast. Uh, Mark, as a listener of the podcast, you know the lightning round, uh, no longer than 30 seconds for each question. Uh, let's start with Harbuzi1. He says, what three strikers do you want for game week 37 with Vardy, Jesus, Kane, Lukaku, Lacazette, and Aubameyang all doubling? Right, the three that I would want, I don't know if I'll have all three, but I'm, I'm definitely going to have Harry Kane. I'm going to have Jesus as well. And I think the third one I would want would probably be possibly possibly Lukaku, but I'm unlikely to go there. <laughs> I think just with for the for the fixtures, they, they look good for, for Lukaku. I'm going uh, Kane, Jesus, and Aubameyang. I know that uh, Aubameyang upset a few managers with the rotation this game week, but... Uh, I feel like that's something that only had to happen once. If the goal is for Arsenal to get some chemistry going ahead of the Atletico Madrid tie, they've done that. So um, Lacazette and Welbeck will have played together uh, uh, today against um, against West Ham. And then they'll, of course, play against Atletico Madrid. Then maybe they'll... Uh, need a, a, to step back a little bit. Aubameyang comes in for the Premier League match. I think he plays both games in the double, no problem. And the way he's been looking so far, I don't think we need to underline, and it looks really good. So, yeah, for me, Kane, Jesus, Aubameyang. Yeah, uh, Kane and Jesus, for me, the third one's to be determined. I may go a little bit cheaper and put a little more money into the midfield, uh, in which case uh, Jordan Ayew is a player I'd look at. Um, I think Swansea have some pretty... Uh, pretty easy fixtures um, in 37. Um, 36, it's okay. They play home to Chelsea, but um, that's a Chelsea team that, that I don't think is really that focused on the on the uh, 
on the Premier League right now. They're pretty, I think they're, what, seven points back of the uh, Champions League spot right now. So it's, it's certainly unlikely they're going to they're gonna grab that. Uh, Frankie the Gent says, um, I have a bench boost in triple captainships. Uh, is my best use of triple captain the Sala home fixture in game week 38? Well, uh, Mark, I'm curious to know what you think, but I think it really depends for Frankie how well he's set up for bench boost in 37. If uh, his bench is kind of shallow and not that great, I'd still look at triple captaining Kane in 37 and maybe doing a bench boost um, on an off week in 36 or 38. Yeah, I, I agree with what you say. It depends on, on how he's set up for 37. Um, but again, for people who have, who have two chips left and one of them being the triple captain, I think Salah is, I think you do have to look at him in 38 or if he plays even in 36, that might even yeah. be a better yeah. a better yeah. time to do it. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'm, for me, I'm looking at possible game week 36 triple captain um, of Kane. Uh, but for me, it's a little bit different because I, I am trying to win um, uh, a, a head-to-head league that I'm in right now. And I, it's kind of hard to talk about head-to-head leagues in here because it's so specific and, and general. But I, I do think that might be the strategy I'm, I'm pursuing. Uh, Adam P. says, should the relative disappointment of, of double gaming 34 influence our planning for 37, uh, i.e. should we consider more seriously players with just one fixture? Yeah, right. We saw that with Spurs last season. Uh, they The single game week players for them did pretty decently in a double game week. Um, obviously, Spurs have a double this this time around. But I wouldn't let game week 34 cloud your judgment too much. A double game week is a double game week. It, Mark, you made the good point earlier in the pod about if a triple cap on Kane doesn't work out, it's just bad luck. And that goes for a double game week, too. You have a bum double game week. It's just bad luck. The, these double game weeks have, by and large, proved to be great opportunities to um, really get a lot of points. So if you have the opportunity to play them, even if you're feeling skittish, I think you still need to play it pretty hard. Yeah, uh, game week 34 is not going to change my approach to, um, to double game week 37. Uh, 34 was pretty frustrating, and I think the average was probably pretty low as far as double game weeks go, but... 37 could be the polar opposite. It could be an extremely high-scoring game week and, and all the big guys could go off. So, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it. I would just go, you know, attack those double game weekers as well. But obviously just be, be very careful about the guys that you're selling who have just one game week because we see it all the time that yeah. the single game weekers outscore some of the double game weekers. So yep. just, just be wary about who you sell. Yeah, jo- I, I always think of Josh King last season who um, really came through on the... As, I think he was a single game league player in both the doubles. I think he came through in both of them. It's really all relative, too, not to beat this dead horse, but it's very relative. The score for the double game week in 34 was low, low-ish compared to big double game weeks of the past. But if you, for those who played chips and played them well in the double, they were still markedly better than whatever the average is. You still made up ground. Maybe you didn't get 100 points. But you still moved. You probably still got a green arrow. I mean, I finished on 88 points with the bench boost. I would have hoped to have hit 100 points. It was disappointing not to, but still a green arrow, and and it was a good week for me. I think 88 points was a pretty solid uh, point total for last week. Really, I mean, yeah, no, I that's what I'm saying. I uh, that is exactly what I'm saying. So you just have to look at it in context. Um, all right, we've got two, que- two Leicester questions here. I'm going to lump them together. Daniel B. says, is it time to dump Leicester despite their fixtures? Uh, FPL Classico says, would you do Mares to Sterling? I have Vardy, but no Man City. How are we feeling about Leicester? 
Yeah, what do you think, Mark? I yeah, so I got rid of I got rid of Mares for game week thirty five. So Sterling came in for me in that move. So that is a move I would probably do now. If you've still got Mares and you don't have Sterling, I would just make that switch. Um, Leicester again on the beach, nothing really to play for, and I just don't like owning players late in the season who don't have much to play for. Um, Mares seems yeah. to he hasn't done much recently. Maybe he's already thinking about his his new club next season. He's probably. <laughs> his, his time with Leicester right. is, is done. Um, Benfica. He's looking forward to playing for Benfica <laughs> next season. Benfica. I know it's, it's Shaq, Shaq Tardinets. Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah with, the, with, with the bullet. If he keeps playing the way he's playing. He, he it will be one of those teams. Um, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, he'll be playing for Torino next year. Um, yeah, so I think it probably is. I, I just don't really. Tr- I don't trust Leicester anymore. Um, I have Harry Maguire as well. But I'd probably keep him for the double game week um, just because he's a big goal threat and hopefully he can get something yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Same, with, same with me and Ben Chilwell. Uh, there's just no dropping. At his price, there's just no reason to drop him before the yeah. double game well, week. Well, three managers on this podcast and three different Leicester defenders because I'm on West Morgan. How does that happen? <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, uh, Joseph Allegretti says, uh, would you do uh, Alonzo to Yedlin to allow William to Sterling for a hit? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I do think Sterling is a priority. William hasn't done great since the great wild card move from game week 33. I think Sterling is much more important than him. Alonso's missing still one more week. And yep. uh, as Mark's been saying, Newcastle's defense is worth buying into. So I like that. Yeah. Do, does Alonso have any differential value going into game week 37? I mean, just given that everyone will be dropping him, he doesn't play in 36. Um, he's so expensive, though. That's really the, the issue there. Yeah, as a guy who still has Alonzo because I played the free hit here in 35, I've been stuck with him. It's something I've thought about. The, and were it not for the money, I would keep him. But uh, I frankly need that cash. What do you think, Yeah, I, I agree. It's, 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 the, it's the money side of it that makes it a lot easier to sell them because it just frees up so much cash. Um, yeah. Back to the question, what was it? I think it was Yedlin. Uh, Yedlin mm-hmm. and Sterling to come in so I would be pretty comfortable Like I'm a manager who, who avoids hits as much as I can but if you're taking a hit for two players uh, like Yedlin and Sterling who have a double game week I would be comfortable doing it because you would hope that they would pay you back between now and the end of the season Yeah, that seems like an easy I, I, th- I think I agree with you there um, It's amazing, on Twitter, I mean, there are so many people who are who love I don't know if they love taking hits, but they are, they are convinced that it's the right way to go, but I, I just... Um, it, it's it's a high risk game. Um, it's it's one that I'm not really willing to play very often. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I've like like you know, like every week, you know, like four yeah. or eight every week. My my success has come um, without t- you know. I've always avoid points hits, but that doesn't mean it's the right way to play the game. I mean, I've seen a lot of people uh, who take a lot of hits and they consistently finish highly in the rankings as well. So it's just all about how you want to play the game, really. I'm just a very... Yeah. Uh, I just avoid them as much as I can. Just because you're of... You're probably someone... Who, you, you probably don't hit on 16 either, right? I don't think I've ever hit on 16. I think I've done a minus <laughs> exactly. 12 once. <laughs> wow, that's so, s- such discipline. Yeah, it feels... I even even do, doing a minus 8 uh, in game of 35, so it was my first minus 8 of the season. It felt very, very strange for me to do that. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever done more than a minus eight either. I actually meant hit on sixteen in in blackjack, you know, which is the, uh, you know, it's, that's the, that's the classic. Do you hit on sixteen or do you or do you uh, do you stay? You know, it tells it's you of, it's like a fifty fifty decision. That tells you how much I know about blackjack when I didn't pick up that <laughs> reference. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I mean, hit a, a 16 hit would have made more sense in the context. Uh, I like to throw in gambling references every eight seconds or so because um, I'm an addict. So just that's uh, good, 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 good for me to share that with you now. Just ignore him, Mark. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Final question uh, from Peter Zolt. He says, uh, who are the best two goalkeeping options for game week 37 if you're planning on bench boosting? Well, we already mentioned David De Gea, right? That that sort of goes without saying. He's been a, a lock for the rest of the season. Um, and, and then who else? Who else would you throw in there, Mark? Yeah, I mean, with a bench boost, you're probably not going to go for two expensive goalkeepers. So you're going to have, I would be going for David De Gea and then maybe a cheaper option to back him up. So just looking at the fixtures, two options, um, Fabianski, uh, Swansea yeah. of Bournemouth and Southampton. And then on the other hand... Everybody remembers my, my failed wild card in which I decided to bench boost in 34 but still held on to Fabianski because I was so in love with him for a bench boost in 37. <laughs> uh, and he'll he'll never see my team, sadly. But So I totally agree with that call. Who else, who else were yeah, you? Yeah, the other one was um, Southampton. Um, they put Everton and Swansea in the double game week as well. So maybe... Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure McCarthy's still playing in goal for them. Um, he could be another one as well, but I'd probably opt for Fabianski rather than McCarthy. Yeah, you know. Fabianski is the one who who stands out for me too. Uh, maybe Martin Dubravka, um, the Newcastle keeper. Yeah, good shout. Um, but yeah, that's just uh, if you want to be a little bit different. But um, yeah, I think Fabianski is the the clear answer there, along with De Gea. I mean, I I guess you could make an argument for um, uh, for Man City for Ederson as well, but. Um, I think there's at least a chance that he gets that he sets out a match, um, whether it's in 37 or, or 36 or 38. So, uh, whereas De Gea, I think is pretty. Although De Gea didn't start two games last year near the end of the. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess once you start playing the the they could be rotated game. You're basically talking about every yeah. player in the league. So don't even know, don't even mention don't, don't even mention yeah, don't even mention De Gea getting rested because we don't, don't want that to happen. No. Exactly, that would be it'd be painful. <laughs> Although Wayne Hennessy has really come through for both of us, yeah. so you know if I if I if I end up with a Hennessy match, I think I'll be okay with that. Yeah, um, I've been I've been lucky. I've missed none of his zero point returns, and I've only picked up clean sheets. <laughs> the, the, the funny, the funny, nice. the funny thing about Hennessy is I've, I've said it myself on podcasts this season that I actually think Hennessy's one of the worst goalkeepers in the league. Um, but then he, he comes <laughs> up with ten points for me uh, this weekend, right. which was I kind of have to. I probably should apologize to him for saying that, but no. Uh, to me, that this is like the way I've been ragging on Arsene Wenger for like three years in the podcast, and now that he's retired, I'm not going to apologize. I'm just not going to say anything bad this week. Yeah. Um, so that that's that. Yeah. Let's treat Hennessy. The, the, the reason the reason um, the reason I got Hennessy was when I was playing my wild card uh, before the double gaming thirty four. I had a choice to make whether to get like a lot of people were going for Matt Ryan uh, who had the double game week, but then he had the blank, and um, so it. I went for Hennessy because he he played in 35, so I was getting two games out of him in 34 and 35. I would have got two games out of uh, Ryan as well in the double and the blank, but I just preferred to have a player who was going to play for me in 35 because I wanted to get mm. 11 players out. And miraculously, yeah, I, yeah. I did get 11 because I had I didn't have any subs this week. Uh, Tarkowski was doubtful as well. Um, so if Lascelles plays tomorrow, which he should, I've managed to get 11 players, um, which, is, which was probably a slice of luck. That's not bad. I think I, that I, sounds like yeah. it's also great management, Mark. I mean, the the what you're saying about Hennessy is uh, that's the kind of forward thinking that I think a lot of managers struggle with, and it's uh, it's a brilliant move. Yeah, it's paid off. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I had, had Hennessy as well, which uh, worked out really well for me. Um, and, and both both uh, game week thirty five and and thirty one, another uh, another game week with a lot of blanks. 
Um, all right. Well, that's that's the podcast. Uh, obviously, um, you know, we still have uh, one day to go tomorrow. So um, if you still have Everton players, as, as I unfortunately do, um, or fortunately, depending on how they perform, um, the good luck to you. Um, and uh, good luck to everybody. Go Seamus Coleman. We'll have more, uh, more, more, more questions. Uh, we'll have more Game Week 37 thoughts next week. Uh, but uh, this is basically a Game Week 37 podcast anyway. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, Mark, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Really appreciated it. Um, it was probably nice for people to have some actual insight on our podcast for <laughs> once. So that was, uh-huh. that was much appreciated. Yeah, I found it boring, to be honest. But <laughs> You were bored by the, by the information? <laughs> too much, too much. As someone who listens to the pod every week, um, it, was a, it was a pleasure to join you guys and keep up the good work. Well, thank you. The pleasure was ours. Yeah, likewise. Mark, where can people find you? So you, you've got a great Twitter feed and uh, you're on podcast every week. So where should people go to find more of FPL General? Best place is, is Twitter, at FPL General. You'll get me on, on Instagram as well, uh, FPL General as well. I post my team most weeks on Instagram uh, as well. Uh, the podcast is called The 59th Minute. Uh, you can get it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all those um, if there's a Twitter account for that as well, which is at fifty ninth minute pod, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So yeah, Twitter Twitter's the best place to find me and interact with me. Excellent. We have a few more questions for FPL General that we're going to tackle on a, an exclusive episode on our Patreon page. So if you want to hear more from Mark, you have to be a supporter of Always Cheating to do so. Josh, what can people do? Yeah, and they also get to play in our exclusive uh, World Cup game that you and I – you and I went and had drinks on Thursday, and we mapped out a freaking five weeks of World Cup stuff for our Patreon supporters. It was really – We stared um, at each other was... silently for a good 45 <laughs> minutes until suddenly yeah. we had a eureka moment, and I think exactly. we have a pretty good World yeah, Cup it was, idea. It was, a, it was an effective stare down. <laughs> uh, so people can uh, support the podcast at patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, we very much appreciate anybody who does that. You can also just subscribe, rate uh, – you can just subscribe to the podcast. Um, and if you like, you can also rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, or really anywhere where you get your podcasts. Um, you can follow us on SoundCloud or soundcloud.com slash always cheating. Uh, Twitter, we're twitter.com slash hail cheaters. Um, that's at hail cheaters. And then facebook.com slash always cheating. That's a lot of dot coms that I just said. So just Google always cheating. I think we come up. It's us and a bunch of dating sites that come up. So it's usually <laughs> pretty easy to find us. Dating and scare quotes there, Josh. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks again. Once again, Mark, thank you so much for being on the podcast. No worries, guys. Thank you. All right, General Forever. Uh, Poku Forever as well. And Bacani for for always. And Bacani for always. We salute (laughs) you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.